0: Welcome to Inspiration Rising. My name is David Trotter. I'm a transformation coach dedicated to inspiring women and the men who support them to rise up in life, love, and leadership. Now, my guess is that you have a family member who's getting up there in years and will need some support in the near future. Maybe you're asking questions like, do you help them move into an assisted living facility? Are they gonna live with you? Or is it possible to surround them with care so that they can stay in their own home? I had the most interesting and informative conversation with Marilee Orsini. She's host of the Help Choose Home podcast. Now, in 1981, she started her first aging care business, a geriatric care managed home care agency that she grew exponentially and successfully sold, earning her a prestigious Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award. In 1998, she founded Core Cubed, a marketing firm dedicated exclusively to helping aging care providers grow their businesses. Where she is now president and CEO, Marilee is considered a thought leader in the healthcare at home industry, and she's involved in numerous organizations providing insight and advice. Now, before we jump into this episode, I want to remind you that on Monday, May 11th, I'm starting my second free five-day experience called Choosing a New Normal. The response to the first experience was absolutely incredible. It is so easy during this time of COVID-19 to allow fear, anxiety, and depression to become our new normal. But that does not have to happen to you or your family. During this five-day experience, you will learn five skills that will help you decrease stress, overcome worry, and cultivate peace in your life. Sign up for the free five-day experience at newnormalexperience.com. It's newnormalexperience.com. You do not want to miss it. All right, let's jump into my conversation with Marilee Orsini. Marilee, thanks so much for taking some time to hang with me today. I appreciate it. Nice to be here, David. Thank you for asking. Tell me why you are so passionate about home health care. I don't come across too many people in my life that are passionate about, you know, that particular need in our culture. And why are you passionate about home health care versus the other options that might be available to people?
1: Well, I actually had a business that provided healthcare care at home for almost 20 years and approached it from a standpoint of what people needed if they wanted to age at home. And it usually was before people entered the healthcare delivery system in some type of an acute episode. So my passion is, I guess, that groundswell that I um, that I discovered when I started providing the service and realized that at the time, and again, I was a pioneer in providing healthcare at home services and a model that we now It's pretty common today, but uh, what I found is that people who have a care need oftentimes don't know where to go, and so by my educating about the options for healthcare at home, it, um, it does give people a choice that they might not get if they're In the healthcare delivery system, the traditional healthcare delivery system, they go to a hospital or or they go to a rehab facility. Sometimes they don't get accurate information about how they could get some of that care at home. So I am passionate about educating when it's appropriate for people to choose home.
0: Yeah. So you just said when it's appropriate for people to choose home. As our listeners have family members who age or have, you know, just challenges that come up no matter what their age is, what are the levels of care that can be provided at home?
1: Uh, There is no limit to the level of care that can be provided at home. And actually, as technology um, is enhanced and as technology more developments come available, we in the healthcare delivery system are taking care of more and more people at all different levels at home.
0: Am I having but, heart surgery at home, Marilee? <laughs> at all in, levels. Come on now.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they are. There are people probably having heart surgery at home. I would not recommend that.
0: It's um, probably pretty pricey though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, it would be. Um, I think the, uh, The idea would be for for recuperation. So from your heart surgery, yes, you could recuperate at home fairly easily. And you could actually have a physician or a physician's assistant come visit you. Um, You might actually, after your heart surgery, find yourself in a a less invasive environment for any type of diseases because where people congregate together, if they have any type of of diseases or viruses or whatever, then that spreads. So sometimes bringing people home, even if they're pretty sick, is the best place for them. If mm-hmm. there's adequate care in place, that's the that's the caveat.
0: Because mm-hmm. um, you so, don't obviously have that group setting; it's just one patient. Right now, um, for those of us who maybe have not, and I'm not having heart surgery anytime Good. soon, merely just see so you. Know. Um, and so. <laughs> If there are like talk to us about the most common ways that people are cared for at home. You know what I mean? Like I think about um obviously there's post-operational care. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some other what are some other situations where people would need care at home?
1: Well, let me first say that aging is not a one-size-fits-all process. So Your whatever happened and we all know, it's like your automobile, things are going to go bad as it gets older. So same with us. As we get older, things are going to go bad. What goes bad is going to also determine whether or not you have the capacity to to stay at home. So let's, um, in general, if you do not, I'm going to take the cognitive issues, dementia, Alzheimer's, and put them aside for a minute. Mm -hmm. because that changes the whole scenario. If you have someone who is confused, then the care level changes immediately because they're not making decisions that would be in their best interest. So um, for everybody else, the key is really not what is the matter with you. The key is do you have a support system that can help professionals that are coming in to care for you that can help them extend that care? Mm So. Once you get to a point where you need 24 seven care, and that would the determining factor for that is can you get up and down out of your bed and get to the toilet? So if you can toilet yourself, if you can ambulate into the bathroom or use a bedside toilet at night, so you don't have to have someone up every time you have to go to the bathroom, that's really the delineating factor in terms of should someone stay at home or should someone go somewhere else. Okay. So it doesn't Can't. really matter what it is; it just right. matters how can you use sick the restroom? you
0: are. Right. Yes. Can you use the restroom? By yourself? Yes. Can you get By up yourself, and Of camp? course. Right. Right. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so anything really? You're just saying you have any challenge as long as you can use the restroom, you can have somebody come in and, and care for you. And and you would hope though that there are family members that would be able to extend that service beyond when someone was be able to be there.
1: Yes, uh, you know the. Um, you ask like for specific kinds of things. So, eighty-seven percent of the people, according to AARP, would like to age in place at home. So these are not people that have had an acute episode, like you said, an accident or a recovery or an operation or or something. But anyone who's aging and who might have diabetes or COPD or any other types of issues. Um, they can stay at home um, as long as they are safe. Mm-hmm. And the, the benefits of being at home, obviously, number one, you're not exposed to other people who have any type of issues. But the other thing is it's a familiar surroundings. Mm-hmm. And um, part of our healing process is being comfortable where we are. So that, that's what home offers that other places don't offer.
0: Right, right. One of the challenges that people are facing these days are the cognitive issues, the confusion, yes. the dementia. When that begins to surface, um, what are the appropriate questions to ask and next steps to take?
1: The first thing I would suggest would be if someone has a loved one that is experiencing cognitive issues is to educate yourself uh, connect. There's lots of resources out there through the Alzheimer's Association. Um, there's different practitioners that work with cognitively impaired people. There's lots and lots of books. And I would educate yourself first because the what happens with a cognitive issue is we are used to responding to someone in a certain way. And we're used to that response being two ways. And we're used to someone having... Um, clear understanding of what they're saying and when the cognitive issues are so bizarre because they people are not thinking clearly and they're not remembering so how you deal with a person who has those cognitive issues is incredibly important and understanding you know don't argue with them for instance if they say you know I want to go home but their home hasn't isn't the home they want to go to in their head might be a home from their childhood or a home from their first marriage right. or uh, or their parents' home you know i mean it 's the home you don't know what's inside that person's head so don't argue with them um, they like routine a routine is great to have which um, is easy to do in the home if you understand that that you're doing that um, I would say the first thing to do would be to make certain that you get the person into, and I would recommend a geriatric evaluation and treatment center, which usually is associated with the university. And what that geriatric evaluation will do, number one, is find out what's the core root of this cognitive deficit. Because sometimes it's malnourishment. Um, Mm. If you live alone, and you've tried to cook for one person you'll understand it's very difficult to have a balanced meal and to have balanced meals throughout a long time period. So that's one of the first things that that we look for is, are there other things? Um, Is it malnourishment? Is it medication mismanagement? Some people are on medications they've been on for 20 years, they should have stopped them. So there's all kinds of reasons why someone might have a cognitive issue that has nothing to do with having a dementia or Alzheimer's. So that would be the first thing to do is rule out what is the cause, the root cause of this dementia, and is it something we can fix, or is it something we know we're going to have to live with? Because if they do have a have Alzheimer's disease, you are looking at a degenerative, long term progression in this disease, which eventually leads to death.
0: Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, is unsafe for that individual to stay at home by themselves, twenty four yes. hours. You know, yes. yeah, yes. Yeah. yes. Um, And so you mentioned a geriatric, say that again.
1: Geriatric Evaluation and Treatment
0: Center. Okay. And so if I went to my uh, family member's medical doctor and said, hey, I've got some concerns here, they may or may not refer me to that. So how would I be able to find one of those?
1: You can Google it, Geriatric Evaluation and Treatment Centers. There are those centers all over the country, normally associated with the teaching university.
0: Okay. And will
1: insurance cover that? Uh, depends on your insurance policy. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, it would because mm-hmm. it's a it's a total workup, so mm-hmm. it would be covered. Um, the other um, resource is an aging life care manager and that is under aging life care association you can google aging life care association and that will not be covered but what you get is a nurse or a social worker who can also help you look at the current situation do an assessment of the situation and then make a recommendation in terms of what should the next steps be mm-hmm. so oftentimes people skip that step and when they skip that step, they make bad decisions. For instance, if you moved your parents out of their home, thinking that this was it and they, you know, they weren't functioning anymore and they needed to be in some type of a facility, mm-hmm. and then it turns out they were malnourished or there was a medication contraindication, and then you've got, you've sold the house and you've got them move someplace else. So and that you know, happens. This, it happens a lot. Yes.
0: Oh my goodness! I would be very upset if I was the parent.
1: Uh, Yes, Yes. you would.
0: You'd be very
1: upset. So, having, taking, making certain, and I guess it's, you're assessing the situation, in essence, to make certain you're making the right decision. So, I would recommend that.
0: Yeah, that sounds very wise. Okay. So, uh, now let's talk about, you've you've helped us identify where our first step is, if there's a potentially a cognitive issue. Um, If there are other challenges um, that can be cared for in the context of the home. I go to my doctor. I talk to my neighbor. I Google. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm confused. I'm going, where do I find right. this stuff? Nobody, none of my friends have had this challenge yet. Like, you know, I, I want to care for my parents. I've heard nightmares. I've seen these dateline things of people, you know, abusing parents. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm nervous. Right. Wh- wh- I'm, my head's spinning. I got a full-time job, I got little kids. What do I do? Well, the scary part and I says as
1: I said earlier is aging is not a one size fits all process. So your particular situation David is going to be different than your neighbor's situation. Mm-hmm. So it what you have to do is step back, find someone who can actually look at the look at the current situation, look at the family support system, look at the finances available, look at the insurance that's available, and look at the specific um, services that are available in the community and then help you make a plan to move forward. And that would be an aging life care manager. Or you might find a physician who is certified in geriatrics because the just as you go to pediatricians for your children, you would also want to find someone who understands geriatrics, so that they're helping you make that decision. So, that would be the that would be the starting point. Um, and it's again, it really does vary depending on the state, the locale, and the
0: actual diagnosis or the problem that the person's having. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get this word wrong because I've only heard you say it a couple of times, but the life manager, what was it? Aging life care manager. Aging life care manager. I keep wanting to say end of life care manager. That's a different person. That's a death doula. We're not here to talk about that. Aging life care manager. Which used to be called, just to
1: confuse things, a geriatric care manager. So you can still Google geriatric care management and get... Find the Aging Life Care Manager Association
0: and find people that are in your area that will help you. It's a politically correct way of saying you're getting old. <laughs> Aging life care manager. <laughs> we, I don't want to be called a geriatric anymore. I don't want to be taking those. What were those pills that were always advertised on TV? What was that? Like the 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 uh, the, the vitamins for people that were older? What was that name? Uh, you it Geritol? That was Geritol. Is that Geritol? Yes. <laughs> thank you you just showed my age (laughs) yes hey at least you can remember it that was one of the test questions on the cognitive dissonance to quest yeah uh so geritol (laughs) this this episode sponsored by geritol let's be honest all this social distancing working from home educating the kids and listening to the news is more than overwhelming it's corona whelming Imagine if that constant buzz of anxiety or the heaviness of worry was lifted. Imagine what it will feel like when you embrace your power to make creative, thoughtful decisions about your future. Not only is this possible, it's exactly what you can expect when you apply the principles you'll learn in this powerful new course. Check out Overcoming Corona Whelm at insporising.com slash overcoming. That's insporising.com slash overcoming and use the coupon code peace 50 for $50 off. The cost associated with this aging life care manager, um, do they offer, I'm sure they have packages of like a one-time thing versus walking you through the process. I know they're prof- probably priced different across the United States, but give us an idea. Is this 50 bucks? Is this 500, 5,000? 5,
1: well, I think it really depends on the length of time they stay. It is out of pocket, and I would say an average is probably $100 an hour for mm-hmm. a professional to come and, and um, assess the situation. So you're probably looking at two to three hours, maybe up to five hours, something like that. So and they would have
0: recommendations in your ge- uh, geographic area, obviously, with, based on what you would need. That's the key. Is oh, my that goodness. Each is money well spent.
1: It is so much uh, money well spent, or so little money well spent for such a positive return. Um, And again, I've seen so many situations where people don't do that, and the problem if you don't do that is you might, as I said earlier, get in the wrong place or get in a situation that you can't get out of. Now, you didn't ask me about cost of care, so I'm going to talk about that. We're getting there. Yeah, no. Let's talk about it. Throw that now because. our country does not pay for long-term care, and uh, most people don't understand that in all this, uh, I don't want to be political here, but this Medicare for all talk right now, people don't understand, they think Medicare is going to take care of them as they get older, and that is not the case. Medicare pays for acute situations, okay. and even the healthcare at home component of Medicare is for an, either an acute situation or hospice. So you don't, there's not anything available that the government pays for right now that is long-term care in the home. Um, now, having tell said,
0: me, tell me back to long-term care in the home. We didn't get to that first. What does that actually look like? Like if I don't have a cognitive issue and I don't have an acute issue and I'm not dying, what does care in the home look like or mean?
1: Well, primarily it's to make certain that you're being taken care of, that you're eating. Okay. That you're clean. Okay. That your house is clean and habitable. Okay. Okay, that's really the the basics.
0: Okay. And so if I don't if I don't have a family member nearby, and even if I do have a family member nearby, I might not be telling them the truth. <laughs> or they could be working. Right or they could
1: have a family that they have to care for. Right. Um, so, I mean, they may not have the time. And you made a, a great point, though, David, about um, – Oftentimes, the person who is suffering the problems is not going to let their their kids know that they're...
0: I don't want to burden them. I don't want them no, to be worried about me. No. You know what I mean? Like, that's what they're probably thinking.
1: Yeah. No, they do think that. And, um, and if they have any other issues, like, um, I was amazed at how many alcohol issues I found I told you when I had my home care business and that the family didn't know about. So... They would wonder, you know, Mom might have fallen. Well, you find out, Mom had a whole stash of empty vodka bottles under the sink, hidden that you oh, that you wouldn't have found. Yeah. So, oftentimes, there's other issues families that families are hiding. Mm-hmm. Um, but from a payment standpoint, there's if you are eligible for Medicaid, which is uh, services for really indigent people. So someone who has very low income and very low resources. Mm -hmm. Um, Medicaid, this gets so complicated, is a state-funded program that will provide long-term community support services, um, which would be making certain people have meals, doing housekeeping, making certain that uh, they have food in, that they're getting their medications, those kinds of things. So Mm -hmm. there is that Option and that component for those people who absolutely cannot pay. Okay. And there's a whole industry that has grown up the elder law attorney industry that helps people uh, who have some assets but are not uh, indigent, helps them spend down their assets legally. So that no one is harmed so that they can then become eligible for some long-term community sports arts
0: what are you kidding me no I'm serious how do you spend down your assets then legal like you know what I mean obviously you're not an attorney with this but you come on you know the secrets so how do they how do they, how do they <laughs> well pass you're spending you're
1: spending it on care for the most part there's okay. um, there are and there's some assets you can keep again it varies state to state so there's 50 different um, 50 different options for mm-hmm. this, but the elder law attorneys in that state understand those options. There are windows, so you could give some assets away, but you cannot do them within a window of so many years. So it's really would be important to look at those things now. If if um, I would say anyone that has a hundred thousand dollars or less in family assets, should be looking to see if something happens and I need care, what's my best option? And is there something I should do now to prepare for that
0: later? So that's in order for Medicaid to possibly cover you because you would be then considered in your language indigent and indigent for those of us who, I don't use that word very often, you know, Marilyn, I'm just going to tell you. So, like, what what does that mean?
1: Well, in some in some states, you have to have less than three thousand dollars in assets. Okay, so it Um, just
0: depends on.
1: And there's a monthly income limitation. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense.
0: All right, and um, that would then does Medicaid then possibly cover? I know this is state to state. um, uh, In a home, and not not at your home, but in a facility.
1: There are Medicaid beds and facilities. There's also long-term community support services that are at home, yeah. um, and, and then there's all kinds of ancillary services that provide support to people to stay at home. Meals for Wheels, Meals on mm-hmm. Wheels, for instance. Mm-hmm. That's a that has nothing to do with the government. That's completely mm-hmm. voluntary. Nonprofit. But yeah. that program actually does help people stay at home.
0: Right. And there's, right. there's
1: other ones like that. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's a, which is why I say get an assessment and ask people first, because it is the, we have created the most complicated scenarios in order to age in place or to age period. Mm -hmm. So, um, and you never know, you know, it's, I'm healthy today. Um, I might walk outside and fall down and break something and I'm not going to be healthy Tomorrow after mm-hmm. that, and what happens when I go in the hospital if I come, if I get delirious or come home with a delirium and that's misdiagnosed, then I can spiral down into something that um, is very unpleasant. So, we, we don't have a roadmap right now um, on what to do with aging in place. So, you really do have to take each situation
0: and, and deal with it, mm-hmm.
1: unfortunately.
0: Um, we had a guest on a while back named Cameron Huddleston and she wrote a book and I'm pulling it up here just so I get the name right, uh-huh. um, called mom and dad, we need to talk how to have essential conversations with your parents about their finances. And one of the things that she talks about in the book is not only a power of attorney, but a medical power of attorney. Um, how does that play out the need for a medical power of attorney in the context of the things that you're talking about?
1: Well, I think the healthcare surrogate or the medical uh, the medical power of attorney um, is someone who will help you make a decision when you are no longer capable of making that decision.
0: End of life, pretty much,
1: uh, or, 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 life. or
0: cognitive issues.
1: Yes, end of life or cognitive issues. Um, mm-hmm. You know, everyone should have a will. Mm-hmm. Everyone should have a, um, a healthcare surrogate who would help be. Um, who can make those decisions for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know the, and again, the, the, the name of those things vary from state to state, but each state does have their own rules and each state has their own forms. And mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that um, I interviewed for one of, for my podcast, the Help Choose Home podcast, Dr. Timothy Erig, who is a very well-known palliative care physician, and his whole philosophy is we're all going to die. It's something that happens When you are born, then you start that dying process. Some of us die sooner, some die later. But but the key is instead of dealing with death and how do you want to die, his suggestion is you think about how do you want to live. So if you really think about how you want to live and you talk to your family about that and you talk to your healthcare surrogate or your medical power of attorney about that, they will then be able to make the right decision for you should the Mm -hmm. time come when you can't make that decision. Mm -hmm. Um, Mine, for instance, knows I do not want any artificial means to, to keep me alive. If I'm in a situation where I'm going to be kept alive by a machine, I do not want that. Mm-hmm. I'm active. I like to travel. I've got a lot of wide interests, and I want to be able to continue those as I age. Mm-hmm. So I don't mind if it, uh, I'd like to be physically active and mentally active, obviously, for the rest of my life. But if something happens and and I can't be, then I do want my medical power of attorney to make those decisions for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Now that we're, you're, we're doing research, but now it comes to, all right, I, I'm figuring out what I can afford, what I can't afford, what my insurance will provide. We didn't talk about insurance so much. And I know insurance is so across the board. I'm assuming some provides nothing, some provides everything. Depends on what you pay for, what you have.
1: Well, the long-term care insurance is specific.
0: Oh, it is. Okay, yes. let's talk and, about this.
1: And long-term care insurance is available, but it is very specific, and you it's outside of any of the regular insurance policies. So you would have to contract with a long-term care insurance provider in order to have long-term care covered. So um, and a very small percentage of Americans have long-term care insurance, it's under 10 percent, and mm-hmm. it's been available in the market for at least 30 years now. So um, but regular insurance, you'd have to check and see what does it cover. Most does not cover home health care. Mm-hmm. Um there are some new Medicare Advantage plans uh who are uh those some of those plans are just starting to cover some of the things that that I'm talking about aging in place and um and home health aides coming into your home and some help with um with the what we call the um, basic activities of daily living feeding mm-hmm. yourself dressing yourself mm-hmm. getting up and walking around Do
0: you Um, have that additional insurance that you were talking about? That I do, of course I do. I I saw what it costs in
1: order to have care when I had my own company, and uh, so I bought it when I was fifty. So
0: okay, and for my husband
1: and me. So and that's a
0: monthly payment that you make, or it's an
1: annual payment. Annual payment, okay. Um, and it, um, you know, it's not inexpensive. mm Hmm. But I really did not want to be completely wiped out by having to have long-term care and didn't want my family to suffer that. So
0: okay, did so that, that. And that price range varies from what to what, would you say? <laughs>
1: You know, I really don't know that, but, um, there is a, um, they can, people can Google Mary Glenn Bowles, B-O-A-L-S. She okay. is my resource for long-term care insurance Great, and, um, and has been in the, she is a, um, is a geriat- geriatric specialist and she also has been in the insurance industry for a long time. So. Okay,
0: great. Thank you so much. That's super yeah. helpful. Um, now as I'm, uh, looking to actually hire people now. Um, How do I go about that? I assume, you know, it's just like anything. If I'm going to buy a car, some people are going to be trustworthy and, um, you know, tell you you, what you do and don't need. Um, I just had, this is a great example. What a metaphor. My son's car 2014 Ford Focus, you know, it's a few years old, having some transmission issues. I take it to a place that had been recommended. They said, oh, it looks like a transmission issue. Take it to this transmission shop. I took it to Leon's transmission, Merrily. I I don't even know if Leon even exists. The guy there said, yes, it's a transmission issue, but I think there were so many problems with this with Ford. I think it's still under an extended warranty because Ford had so many problems. Oh, wow. The guy could have charged me $2,000 and I would have paid it. I would have paid it. I would have been bummed. I would have paid it. He was honest. I went to Ford, cost me nothing, zero, because Ford had one. I'm sure there are people like that in the industry, right, that are super kind. Others that are just looking to sell their services. I need to make a quota. I got sales goals, right? How do I figure out? Number one, you told me I've got to figure out what I actually need, which is through the person aging, aging well life care aging life care association yes okay <laughs> they're going to help me understand what i need now i've got all these options how do i actually pick one
1: well that's the difficult part which is why i suggest someone to help you with that um, they there within the industry there are lots of different levels so if you're looking to stay at home with care and you want to hire that care Mm -hmm. there's lots of franchises out there but there's also credentialing um organizations. So, there's um, different, like the Joint Commission on Healthcare is a credentialing organization. CHAP, Community Health Providers, is a credentialing organization. ACHC, so there's several credentialing organizations. I would look to see, is the agency that you're looking at credentialed? Mm -hmm. Has someone, a third-party service, verified that they know what they're doing and that they provide good care. Mm -hmm. Um, I would also look at, um, if they're a member of any national organizations, I'm in the National Association for Home Care and Hospice is one of the associations that helps us sponsor my Help Choose Home podcast. And NAC, N-A-H-C.org, is a place you could go. There is um, another, um, there's the um, Healthcare Association of America, I mean, Home Care Association of America. So there's a variety of organizations that are going to provide some type of guidance for these agencies. Mm -hmm. Um, What I would not recommend in the beginning is hiring your own caregivers. Mrs. Smith down the street has a bunch of caregivers and they've been caring for her. And so you think, well, I could just use that. Well, the problem, there's several problems with that. One is that, number one, you become the employer and you're Household homeowners insurance is not going to cover an injury or an accident if that person has that accident while they're working in your home. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of risks for that. There's also risks for financial abuse if you have someone in the home Mm -hmm. who um, is is not being monitored and supervised. So um, there's certainly lots of times where people do that successfully, Mm -hmm. but they generally have a background in either HR. Or some other thing that would allow them to be able to monitor and supervise those home mm-hmm. settings. So um, I would also check references. I mean, the with the internet, you can you can really check. I and assume see. there's reviews on these there. Areas. Are lots of reviews? Yes, yeah. Yelp has great reviews. There's reviews. There's a organization called Home Care Pulse that has reviews. Uh, when you when you start looking at this elder care issue. There's lots and lots of resources. The key is to understand what's a legitimate resource and what's not a legitimate resource. So, I would look for the credentialing. I would look for people that members of organizations make certain that they that it's a, a good organization. We mm-hmm. we have, gosh, probably at least a hundred franchised home care businesses in the country now. Wow. I mean, you've noticed we're aging, so right, yeah. <laughs> the numbers are pretty astronomical. So there's a lot of services out there now that are available.
0: And we're living longer because of health care, which uh, could be a good thing, but we're also could be hobbling into death because of, <laughs> you know what I mean, all the medications that can keep us alive. I don't know. Yeah. I'm living well, to the- 100, Merrily. I'm living to 100. Good. I'm going <laughs> to die in my sleep on my 100th birthday, just bam. I told my wife. Wake up the next day, just expect me to be dead. (laughs) And you're 100.
1: Well, good luck to that. That's great. I wish we all had the choice to do that. That would be wonderful. You know, that's the other thing is, we haven't talked about this, but in order to avoid all of this, that's what you said. It's really just staying healthy. So,
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, From the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Well,
1: the key to that is being active, Mm -hmm. um, exercising, obviously, eating right, right um so i mean there's a, there's a lot of keys in life to keeping us healthy and happy so it's only when that bad thing happens that you don't expect is when you need to know this, which from the very beginning I said, until it happens, you're not going to be interested in what the options are. So right. that's why this, that's why my Help Choose Home podcast um, is a resource for people when, uh, when they are faced with this and they're in their car and they have no idea what to do next. So
0: yeah, yeah. So helpchoosehome.com is a great resource to be able to listen to all sorts of um, interviews on these particular issues. We're just skimming the surface. Right. On your podcast, you're going deep right. on each one of the issues.
1: Well, and again, it's um, everyone's situation is different. And so it is so hard to come up with something that's going to make your mom and dad happy, that's going to make all of your siblings happy, mm-hmm. um, that you'll be able to afford, and that also is care that you can stay with from frailty to death. So, Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes there's a lot of time between frailty and death and sometimes there's not. So mm-hmm. it's when you have the long time in between that it becomes an issue.
0: Yeah. A couple of other, um, resources that I know you've mentioned in us talking. One is a website called access, dot com. Um, what are the resources that are available on this website?
1: Um, access is a company in Dallas that is a healthcare technology company. They support the industry and they have a lot of resources on their website, not only to help people who purchase their products, which are products related to businesses who are are helping people stay at home the home health care industry and the home care industry, but they have a lot of other resources they're a very community minded civic minded organization, and they are one of the sponsors of of help Choose home
0: great uh, one last question somebody 's listening today, and perhaps they're they 've seen some challenges in a, a family member, you know whether it 's a cognitive challenge, a physical challenge, whatever it might be. And maybe they're dragging their feet a little bit because they feel overwhelmed by all the stuff that you've just talked about. You know, this is going to require me having to sit down, focused in front of the computer, start to look at some, you know, deals, set up an appointment with the person. You know what I mean? It's going to take some time. and What could you say to them to support them or encourage them as they're beginning this journey? That they're not alone um there's
1: always someone you may feel like your situation is unique but there's always been someone who has experienced close to that same situation um and the there's usually not an immediate um need for help either i mean unless someone's fallen or um or had a caregiver who died and all of a sudden you've got that need, you usually have some time. Um, The other thing I would strongly recommend is, and you mentioned it earlier, have that conversation with your parents. Um, make certain that all of their their finances are in order, that their uh, paperwork is in order, that you know where everything is so that someone can come in and, and not take over, but someone can come in and make sense of things if they have to. Um, but But you're really not alone. There's all types of support that can be had, but you have to be open to it. The only other thing I'll say is that (laughs) one, I see this a lot, children get angst about their parents. The parent is not making good decisions. You have to realize the parent is an adult unless they're cognitively impaired, capable of making those bad decisions. So if, uh, you know, my mom wants to smoke and she shouldn't be smoking, I certainly can't take the cigarettes away and hide them because that isn't going to solve the problem. So I think it's understanding that nature will take its course and sometimes People, regardless of age, have to have an experience to make certain that they understand what the ramifications of that are. So um, the hard part is divorcing yourself from the emotion associated with it because you feel responsible. So I would say get help, seek support groups, um, and learn to go with the flow. And hide the cigarettes and vodka can get it out of their hands they'll find it no matter where you hide it i can tell you that.
0: <laughs> Well, and now with all of the uh delivery services uber eats you know what i mean it's <laughs> right. like <they're> just ordering <laughs> cigarettes and vodka on their phone
1: <laughs> and uh, they are oh, trust my me they are
0: <laughs> merrily thank you so much i love your energy and just you know this is a very serious subject but i love the the uh the lightness and the delight that you bring to it because you oh. You know, you wanna you, you're serving people and uh, it's very obvious. So thank you so much for all the wisdom. Thank you.
1: Thank you, David. It was a pleasure for me as well. Let's hope we do live to be a hundred and die in our sleep.
0: Okay. <laughs> I'm with you on that one. <laughs> it sounds good. If you found this episode with Merrily inspiring or helpful in any way, please share it with a friend. Take a screenshot on your phone text it to them, and tell them to subscribe to the Inspiration Rising podcast on their favorite podcast app. If they don't have one, show them how to download a podcast app, whether it's Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Apple Podcasts, whatever it might be, search for Inspiration Rising and tell them to subscribe and listen. Now, if you're looking for practical tips and encouragement during this time of coronavirus, I want to invite you to join us for the next five-day experience called Choosing a New Normal. Sign up at newnormalexperience.com. That's newnormalexperience.com. All right, love you guys and have a wonderful week.